What is up everyone, Jonathan here with The Venue Rx, and on this channel we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices for owning, operating, and managing your wedding venue. And we do all sorts of different styles of shows here. Uh, we have the Wedding Venue Owner Series, we talk to industry pros on all sorts of topics like marketing, sales, operations, and we also uh, do solo content. And today though, we have a very interesting and to me very exciting show uh, for any pet lovers out there. This is going to be one that you're going to want to listen up to. Uh, I am very happy and excited to welcome Veronica from Perfect For You to the show. Veronica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So I just want to jump right into this because I'm, I'm really excited to like know more about your company, what you do. Can you start with that and then we'll kind of unpack your, your origin story and how you started doing this? Sure. Um, so I started a company in 2016, um, basically just around pets being at weddings. It was something I kind of saw with a lot of my friends, my family members. They were all struggling with, how do I get my dog to my wedding? You know, the typical pet sitter was like, well, you know, we come for the, the 15 minute walk or the 30 minute walk, but we really don't do like bring your dog to the church for pictures or bring your dog to the venue for the ceremony or, or anything along those lines. So it really became a, a kind of a, a struggle the more and more time went on and it's like, wait, I'm, I'm really good at organizing and uh, I'm a project manager by day. Um, and with a lot of times with taking dogs to venues, it's almost like a little mini project. You need a timeline around them. Um, you need to understand the logistics, what's going on. You need to understand a little bit about the dog. Um, Cause oftentimes um, you have a stranger just coming into your house to, to pick up the dog, to bring them to the to pictures. Um, so I launched a company after I did extensive Google searching. I'm like, how does this not exist? And it was at a time too, where it's like, oh, you know, I had this idea one time I had that idea. And then, you know, up pops up a, a product on Amazon or up pops up another business. You're like, oh man, if I had just started my own business. Yep. So I launched in 2016. Um, and my very naive self thought, um, as many of us have probably experienced, I'm just going to put a website out there and people will flock. Like this business doesn't exist. People are going to flock to me. They do not flock. <laughs> so I learned some hard lessons in marketing um, and really had to think through like, how am I going to get couples to me? How am I going to get couples to see like that? Um, hey, I'm here. Um, if you need our services or at least just want to have a conversation around having your dog at, at the, the as part of the, the wedding day in some fashion, pick up the phone, give me a call. Um, so my first thought was, let me email some wedding planners and some, some photographers in the uh, New York metro area. I started on Long Island. I branched out into the city. And about six, seven months later, I had a uh, wedding planner reach out to me. And she said, oh, you know, I've got this wedding in three weeks. I don't know if you're available, but if you are, that would be great. Um, pick up in Manhattan. The couple um, is taking like a shuttle bus up to the Tarrytown area. Um, if you'd be able to pick up the dog, bring him there for some photos, the ceremony, bring him back to the apartment, easy peasy. I'm like, perfect. Great. Um, it was probably my sixth, seventh, my eighth or ninth wedding. Like it was very early on in, in, in business. And I was just a solopreneur at this point. And, um, uh, it just so happened that one of the bridesmaids tapped me on the shoulder and she's like, I love what you do. I'm so excited that Arrow was included in the day. He's so special to the couple. I, by the way, I'm the executive producer of brides.com and I want to do a feature on you. <laughs> no so, way. Yep. My next wedding was scheduled for two weeks later. Um, so she sent a producer out. She followed me around with the, the camera. The couple that I um, was doing that wedding for was on Long Island and I checked everything off with them. Would you be okay with doing this? And they loved it. 
Um, we strapped a GoPro to the dog at one point in time too. So we got some wonderful, wonderful footage. And then Brides launched um, a little like two, three minute video on Facebook in July of 2017. And that just launched my business. That put me on the map. And that was like, okay, this is no longer solopreneur. This is not a hobby anymore. I've got like 300 inquiries right now, all in like the New York area. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got to get a lawyer. I've got to get a, I've got to get contracts. I've got to get serious about this. I have so I, um, luckily I've got very, very good family members behind me. So, um, and I also have an MBA. So between the two, I was able to kind of navigate. I got myself a lawyer, I got myself an accountant, set up as a corporation. Um, and then I started to hire some sitters, half of which are actually my family and friends. Um, the other half that aren't, we went through like a full background check, full interview, training. Um, and then I continued through um, 2018, 19, expanding kind of into the Northeast and then down into um, like the Central Eastern Coast uh, around Virginia, DC area. And uh, the pandemic was definitely not the most fun time of my, my, uh, <laughs> my career here, but um, thankfully we survived. We had about we went into that year with 20 weddings, all of which, except for four, got moved. Um, so they got moved into 2021, 2022. So it kind of put pause on a lot of things. But thankfully, um, 2021 was a great year. 2022 was a phenomenal one. I'm going into 2023 with started the year with 60 weddings on the books. So uh, and that number just keeps going up and up. And uh Interesting little fun fact, a couple of our business friends have probably seen one of the recent Wedding Pro report that came out on the 2023 uh, survey of couples and over nearly 50% of couples have pets before they get married. And I definitely, and I highly attribute that to the pandemic where a lot of couples were just, you know, starting out with their relationship and now we're stuck at home. Let's get a dog. Um, and now that dog is part of their family unit. That dog has to be there. And now many, many businesses um are seeing dogs at weddings and it's like okay this is a very very timely topic because we want to make sure the businesses venues particularly are are buttoned up when it comes to rules tips and tricks sales tactics things like that so um that's kind of what led me here wow i i my head is exploding with <laughs> questions and like this is this is wild um I, I, before I ask all the things about the business, I, I want to know, so you, what do you, what do you do currently? Do you do this full-time currently or do you do, you said that you're, I'm an operations manager mm -hmm. by day? I'm a project manager by day. Um, <laughs> technically my term, my uh, job title is product owner. So I work for a financial company in New York. So I do this part-time still. I ended up getting pregnant at the end of 20, like early 2021. Um, it was planned. So it was one of those like like super ecstatic. Oh my God. And I'm thinking, oh, I can still manage the two. And then the baby was born. And I'm like, I am out of my freaking mind. Um, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of the business, I hate to say is repetitive because it's not every wedding is different, but I've got it down now to a good sales funnel, a lot of good automation around. I use HoneyBook. I'm starting to get a little bit into Zapier and some of the, the back end, you know, like better uh, and more advanced automations now. But um, I hired two assistants to really run the day-to-day. -day. I still do the sales calls and the final coordination calls with the clients, but I've got a great group of sitters behind me. I feel like very confident in the way our operations are working, the way that we're set up. And you know, as couples reach out, and even now we're seeing mothers reach out, even fathers reach out, family members reach out that want their that want to help bring get their dogs to their weddings or their their family members' weddings or their friends' weddings. 
So we've got a very good process in place in terms of even just phone consults and the the final coordination calls. So I keep the full-time job mainly for the benefits, to be honest. Um, you know, the medical insurance alone when you have a family is an yeah. absolute necessity in today's environment. But um, the, the side business, I kind of just um, more of the like strategy uh, kind of leading the assistance and then pop in day to day for sales and final coordination calls. I, I love that. I, yeah. I'm curious what sparked you because it's a very different thing to be to work for someone than to work for yourself right and yes. so yeah. I'm kind of curious just again before we kind of dive into like your actual business what was that metamorphosis like between kind of I, I think it's kind of a mindset shift in my experience um, yeah. what what was that like for you as you started your own business and then maybe even now as you're both employed and you're an employer um I can't say it was bad. I mean, it's it's wonderful working for yourself in that sense. You know, it does give you a lot of, more so than anything, it actually is just, you put your head down at the end of the night. It's like, I helped somebody. Like, there's not too many businesses out there. And even if there were, um, I still like to operate my business in the sense of we are fully, like, all we want to do is just make sure your dog gets there. Because um, it's one of those days out of every day in your life that it just poses so many different logistical pieces that you got to consider and you got to think about. And the dog is your, your family. I've got a 10 year old Corgi and he is my life. He's my firstborn. He's, he's down here in Florida with me right now. He hopped on that plane. I had, he, I paid more for his plane ticket than I did for my own plane ticket. So I commiserate a lot with the couples that it's like, I really want my dog there, but I just, I don't know how to make it happen. My the one or two people that I trust are uh, my mom and my dad, and they're at my wedding, um, or my friends and family. They're, you know, my typical sitters, but now I don't want to impose. I want them to be at the um, cocktail hour, and it's like I solved that problem, and I made that that event better, and we provided a service where everything was and is buttoned up, because that is one thing that we focus on. I tell every couple that we work with, we have a high focus on planning as we go through this process. I'm going to need at least an hour of your time through this whole thing, whether or not you book and your wedding is in a month or your book and your wedding is in two years from now. I'm going to need you to fill out two questionnaires and I'm going to need you to hop on a Zoom call with me so that I can go through your final timeline because we want to develop a timeline for you for that day so that I'm not tapping you on the shoulder every five minutes to say, well, what about here? What about now? What about there? Um, we share our timelines with the venues as well so that they know what's going on. If there's anything that we need to be conscious of, like, uh, we have a venue in New York that we work with a lot where uh, when we first started with them in 2021, um, they're like, under no circumstances, can the dogs go near the, the flower, these flower beds or these flower gardens? And rightfully so. The, the botanical gardens, I completely understand why. You know, we want to make sure that we're buttoned up across the board when it comes to working with the photographers, working with venues, even the officiants, florists. We want to make sure that everything does go off without a hitch. We talk contingency plans. We talk plan B. So we do a lot of planning around that. And that's, that's where the, this project management background really comes into play in that organization piece. The mind shift to answer your question is it, it wasn't that difficult and it's enjoyable for me, to be honest, to, to know that couples can have that day, have that enjoyable day, be worry-free, know that their dog is taken care of, know that we had those conversations beforehand. And it's an enjoyable experience for our sitters too. So um, I can't say it was that difficult of a, a change, um, especially when you, you frame it that way and you look at it that way. Absolutely. Um, so. so 
could you, so primarily, you know, our audience is, is venues. Of course, we have folks who are, you know, all over the map as far as, you know, in the wedding and events industry and some, yeah. some folks even outside of the wedding and events industry. Um, and so this is just the coolest thing to me. I want to kind of think about it from the venue's perspective because I think from the five venues that we operate, I feel like there's a huge value add to working with an organization like yours because yes. now you we can kind of say, hey, look, this we aren't a pet-friendly venue. We have some that are pet-friendly venues. We have some that aren't, right? Um, and, mm -hmm. and so we can say, hey, we know how important it is for you to have your pet at your, your yeah. ceremony, at parts of your reception. That's why we've partnered with this other organization. So for, for, for my venues out there, my venue owners, my venue operators who are listening to this right now, I think it makes so much sense to, to partner with an organization like yours. Can you give us a rundown, like a play-by-play -play of what beginning to end working with your company looks like? I'm getting married. I've got mm -hmm. my little Westie, my little West Highland Terrier, right? Mm -hmm. I want to have him in the wedding. I can find you now. What happens? Yep. Um, so from the couple's perspective, if they reach out, because um, I'll cover both ends. Like okay, perfect. what you would expect from a couple and then also what you'd expect from a venue and, and from another business. Because um, we want to make sure we cover both sides. So from a couple's perspective, when they reach out to us, I generally try to, I hate to say it, use the word force, but I do ask them to, to jump on a call with me. You know, usually they'll um, inquire on the website. I'll look over the inquiry form. Um, if it's a date that we're available, location that we're available. Um, and it's something I think that I can, that we can service. I'll respond back with a link to our phone consult calendar. And then I'll just say, you know, also be cognizant. Sometimes we've got couples that are just super, super busy. Um, if you absolutely can't jump on a call, I understand. Just let me know. And I'll send you back an email with a couple questions. But um, at a minimum, I want to know. Um, and quick, quick question here really quick. I, I realize I, I want to clarify something. Who typically are your clients? Like maybe give me some demographic information. Yeah. Essentially, really, it's just couples that have pets um, that also want their pets in their weddings because I'm going to, there are a bucket of, of people and I've met them at weddings. You know, when I first started, I would be at venues and it's like, Oh, that's really adorable. Oh, my dog would be absolutely atrocious at, at, you know, being in public. So those are not the people that are reaching out. It's really the couples, um, engaged couples that are reaching out. That's the majority of our client base, engaged couples that have a pet, um, that had, had a pet for a year or two they're looking to include their pet in their wedding in some fashion whether it's photos at the ceremony or uh, those are kind of really the, the the bulk of them every now and again i get a couple that says oh i really just would like my dog to be there for the cocktail hour follow me around for half an hour or just there for the bridal party introductions and some of them are a combination of all of them but um primarily couples that are engaged that have pets Okay, so then, and are these weddings, I mean, are these budget weddings? Are these fifty to $60,000 weddings? Are they 100K plus? Like, what's kind of the general um, price range for couples who are looking to include their, mm -hmm. their pets for the weddings you're serving? Yep, I'd say the gamut. Um, even on the budget side, I have worked with couples. I, have a, I do. I have a budget-friendly option. Uh, there are a couple of uh, other companies that we also, that, you know, like in Florida, where I am right now, I don't, I don't operate down here, but I do know two companies that I refer to quite a bit and another company in Minnesota, another one out in California that I refer to my company specifically, we do offer a budget friendly option for 150, where you work with me to build a timeline that you hand off to your sitter of whoever you choose. So a couple, I've had couples that reach out where it's like, well, you know my aunt's friend's neighbor's son 
um, is a pet walker and wants to do this, but I want to make sure we get them well prepared. So that's where they'll reach out to make sure that um, we help with the timeline. And then we do have a three hour package that starts at 549. So usually, you know, if it's like a $10,000 wedding, we're still coming in at like 1%, 2% of the budget. We've done everything up to $100,000, $200,000 weddings. We've done um, several Indian weddings, multi-day weddings, multi-venue weddings with the same couple. So we, we kind of get the gamut. It's not necessarily like, I wouldn't tag us as a, a luxury business, even though it is a, it is definitely a luxury service um, to have your dog there. You know, this is not basics. Like I need to provide a plate of food for people. This is definitely much more of a, this is what I want. Um, yeah. Even though in our, in our pet brains and our pet owner brains, it's no, this is what I need, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is definitely the gamut. Um, I would say we serve the, the entire industry soup to nuts. It really comes down to whether or not you want the budget option or like our minimum package, or you want the full day and you want somebody, I've got a wedding booked for uh, beginning of May out in Pittsburgh, where we're sending a sitter from Thursday all the way to Sunday. Um, wow. So, yep, it Amazing. runs the gamut. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. I still, I'm just like, I'm so excited about what you're doing. I think it's so cool. So yeah, let's keep going. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I was kind of curious to give some context around your, your clientele and all that. Okay. So you're, I think where you were at, you were, um, you contact them, you get them on a phone call, you have them fill out a questionnaire, I think was where we were. Um, they get on a phone call. We just talk through everything. So it's basically a sales call. Most of us all have, you know, a sales process. Um, right after the sales process, they get a proposal. Um, our proposal also comes with a process guide. I use the phone call as an opportunity for couples to ask any questions about our process. So I kind of lay things out for them. If you have any questions, let me know. Also, FYI, anything I say right now is also included in our process guide. So you don't take notes or, you know, try to remember like, oh, did this person say that you know, type of thing. So that's where I say, like, I, I feel very buttoned up in our, our process and we still make small modifications based on, you know, industry changes and, and clients' behaviors here and there. But anyway, the next step, if they do book with us, I tell everybody, we have one questionnaire that goes out when you first book, second questionnaire goes out two months before the wedding. If you're booking closer to that wedding date, then they both go out at the same time. Um, we generally, about three weeks before the wedding, we want to hop on a Zoom call and we'll prepare a draft timeline and then we'll fill in all the details. Uh, the draft timeline remains in kind of draft mode for two weeks, and then clients can go in, comment um, as they need. If I ask a question they didn't know the answer to, if they want to add any other information. And then the week of the wedding, we finalize that timeline. Copy goes to the sitter, and then uh, copies go out to the vendors, um, including the venues. So at that point, just in case there's any discrepancies on our timelines, you know, sometimes the photographers will say, oh, wait, I told, I told the couple, no, pictures are going to be at 515, not 5 o'clock. So at least it gives us a little time to adjust just in case that happens. Every now and again, we'll get contacted by a venue and they're like, oh, wait, we need your general liability certificate. So again, it gives us time to, to react to that email and to, to get that out. We, we make sure that we're, we're, plan we're covering both sides of things because we don't, the last thing I ever want is to show up at a venue and they're like, we're not dog friendly. What are you doing here? <laughs> Even though I was just going to say from a, from a venue that doesn't allow, like we have a venue that is not necessarily pet friendly. Like they, they're okay with the, you know, the dog being in some photos, but like it's, there's tons of gardens. It's kind of that botanical gardens yeah. type, type thing. And so service dogs, yes, but just like pets, no, but I, I see your service very much as fitting into any, like if you don't want to allow pets because there's going to be some like control issue with it, having a service like yeah. yours means that the dog can be there without. And it takes the liability off of you. 
Yes. Ah, okay. Exactly. I've told clients that too. Like I've had some clients over the years that'll say like, oh my God, my venue said um, they absolutely do not want dogs after they've reached out and they've signed the proposal that they left a deposit. And it's like, all right, well, do me a favor, shoot them an email, shoot your contact at your venue an email, CC me, and just let them know you're working with a professional company. I am more than happy to supply our general liability, I'm more than happy to supply our contract, which defers to the venue rules um, when it comes to being on, on premise, um, and let them know we will respect whatever rules they have. If they want to put in some new rules as it relates to where we can and cannot go, or what we can be present for and what we can't be present for, that's fine. We'll follow them. Um, but know that, you know, we take the liability off them in terms of any worries that might be associated with the the typical, what I would say, the, the DIYers that have instilled that fear in, in venues and with other businesses over the, the course of time. Because let's face it, I mean, dogs at venues, have it's not a new thing. Um, no. This has been ongoing for probably, I'd say, at least 20 years now. 40 years ago, way different story. 40 years ago, the dog never even entered the house. Dogs never slept in your bed. Um, my my grandparents, they, they had the dog house outside and the dog had very strict rules on like where he could go just in the house, where his place was in the family, as much as they loved that dog. Um, and that dog was part of the family unit, but it wasn't as, you know, we, we didn't coddle the dogs as much as we do now. And not that anything is wrong with it. There's you know, been a tremendous shift in just the the cultural norms when it comes to weddings. And now we see a lot of couples, myself included, where it's like, my dog is my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got my dog from my shelter, I was older, I was established, I was professional, I could, I and I did um, get him the best food. And I got him the insurance policy. And as soon as he got, he got a cut on his paw, I'm at the vet. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's those things that you would do, like almost as a human parent, and that I do now as myself as a mom, but these are behaviors that we have within our clients that we have to consider that these are the behavior that this, this is the clientele that's coming to us and having weddings now. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to them wanting to be there, this is not new. This is behaviors that have been there. It just happens to be that. And, and in my opinion, the pandemic really did thrust um, a lot of couples into that. Like I, I have, my baby, my dog, because I was at home for two years doing nothing and I decided to get a dog and now my dog is my baby. I think over the years, a lot of people being that the service didn't exist in like 2010, 2014, 15 has instilled some amount of fear in some individuals where it's like venues have been, oh no, 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 we're not dog friendly. Oh no, no, you know, let's make an exception for, for this couple, but not the other one. I had one couple two years ago was like, oh yeah, this venue in New Jersey is dog friendly because they posted on Instagram and I'm like, no, we've never been allowed in that venue. They have signs all along the boardwalk that say no pets allowed. And I'm looking and I'm like, she's right. When did this dog? And then you post it publicly? Like, this is not cool. This is a bad, bad sales practice. Yeah. So I emailed the venue and just as business owner to business owner, hey, this is creating a very bad process and a very bad experience for this couple who is under the impression that you're, you're pet friendly who has reached out for my services, I'm happy to provide them. No, but I wanna know, are we even allowed on the grounds? And also you posted a photo of the dog in the groom's room. Um, <laughs> and I know we're not allowed inside. Yeah. Like, you know. False advertising. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. So from the venue, so, from the venue perspective then, let's kind of shift to that 
perspective because I'd love to hear if you are, I mean, like I said, we manage five venues. Some of them are kind of indoor, outdoor. Most of them are outdoor, but have indoor components or some sort of hybrid. Some are, most are pet friendly, some are not. Um, mm-hmm. I see a service like yours as kind of carte blanche to be able to come in and, and, and do that. When you're talking to a venue though, are there things that a venue can do to de-risk themselves or kind of smooth the way to have pets at their property without experiencing any of the downsides that they're maybe afraid of? Yes. Um, and that is, that's, I will say this too, this, this is why I reached out to, to pitch this podcast and to be here because I, being that there, it's so much more common, I, I don't want couples to have that negative experience and I don't want the venues to have that negative experience either. So absolutely. First and foremost, lay out your rules. Um, that, that's really the first step is lay out your rules. What are you comfortable with? What are you not? And look, if you're not pet friendly and your staff is not pet friendly and your venue is just not set up for it, that's okay. But put it out there, put it in the contract and, you know, make sure that couples are aware that, Hey, you know, we're not set up for pets when we're not looking to be, if you come and ask us, or if you show up with your pet in, on that day, I'm sorry, we're going to have to turn them, turn them away. So lay lay out that rules. And if you are pet friendly, then lay out those rules as to what's pet friendly too. You mentioned the venue that you don't want pets near certain flower beds or certain uh, flower gardens, lay that out in the contract or even just provide a supplemental addendum or some piece of information in like the, the, the folder that you give to, to clients or the packet of information or even an electronic guide that might go out to them, lay it out. I mean, look at the latest wedding pro, 50% of couples. That means one in two couples that reach out to you are likely going to have a pet and might even just be thinking about it. If they're thinking about it, even thinking about it, lay out the expectations. Don't leave it open. Partnering with a company with us is absolutely a great idea. Um, sometimes you're, you might be in an area where there might not be a company like us, but in certain um, circumstances, you can absolutely requ- require a professional pet handler be present. And I highly recommend that too, because the couples that do DIY it, I've had sitters myself that started working for me um, early on. I had one sitter that even said, she's like, I tried to DIY it and I forgot water bowls. So here we are running around with two greyhounds trying to get them to drink water out of champagne flutes. (laughs) It's just like, oh no. And also, you know, I highly encourage venues, really check with your staff. You know, is your staff pet friendly or are they not? Because it is a great experience. It is a wonderful experience when we go to a, a venue and the staff makes a big deal out of the dog. So, but if you don't have that, if your your staff's not pet friendly and your staff is, you know, very like, I don't really want to go near this, that's going to create a bit of a negative experience for, for the couple and for their dog. The dog can absolutely sense that. So if that's the case, then possibly consider restaffing if you know that the pet's going to be there for, for that evening. Um, just start to lay out the rules as to, to what they can be present for, what they can't. You know, sometimes we are present for cocktail hour, especially if the cocktail hour is outside. And if there's a cocktail waitress or waiter, you know, moving around and they're like, oh, that's so adorable. That's so cute. Great experience. If you have cocktail waiters and waitresses that are like, I'm going to shy away. I'm going to move away right now. Not a great experience. Uh, and that's where I say, you know, you, you could absolutely restaff or just say, you know what? Our wait staff is not pet friendly. We don't want the, the dogs there for cocktail hours. You can only be there for pictures in the ceremony. Thought problem solved. So really start to think through. Yeah. And that, and that actually brings me to a question I had earlier that I realized I didn't clarify about your process. So do you actually go, what, what do you handle? So you go and your sitter will go to the couple's home, pick up the dog, 
take them there for the duration of time that they're going to be there and then they take them back to the home or do they sit with them they're there during the entire time like tell me a little bit more about actually the interaction between the sitter and then the pet yep great question and it runs the gamut too every wedding is just a little bit different sometimes we're doing pickups at homes sometimes we meet at the venue sometimes we meet at like a photography site if it's you know, let's say like a, a, nearby, a nearby park. Um, sometimes we're picking up at hotels. Sometimes we're picking up at kennels. Sometimes we're there just for pictures. It really also depends on the temperament of the dog. So with our clients, I always ask, one question I ask is describe their personality. Tell me everything. You know, and I, I, I do a lot half an hour for our phone consults because I want to know as much as possible. Um, I want to know like your gotcha day. Like tell me about you know, how you got your dog. And if you tell me anything where it's around my dog has separation anxiety or my dog doesn't do well in crowds. It's like, all right, the ceremony, I would say we go down the aisle and we leave right away. Cause if we stay for the ceremony when we're around and you've got 150 guests, bad, bad idea. Like there, that could be a disaster. There, there's a lot that kind of goes into the recommendations that we have when it comes to what's included, but it can run anything from photos that can be first look, that can be family photos, that could be bridal party, wedding party photos, that could be. Um, even getting ready photos, we've done it where we've showed up where hotel, more so this happens in hotels than it happens at venues, but we have done it at venues where the couple are getting ready in two different suites and we just float between the two suites while they get ready and then we're part of first look. We've done ceremony, we've done cocktail hour, we have done bridal party introductions, we've even done weddings where we are part of the cake cutting and the dog has a separate cake. That's um, awesome. It very much is dependent on the logistics, dependent on the temperament and what the dog can tolerate and also what the couple is looking to do. Got it. Got it. So I want to ask you your craziest experience with, with pets. Cause I mean, there's a lot that could go wrong potentially with the humans, with the pets, just with the whole thing. So I want to ask that question a little bit uh, later, maybe to wrap up, but sure. I, I wanted to know as far as working with venues or working in in situations i guess where you have to juggle back and forth maybe between bride and groom suites or things like that where mm -hmm. there's logistics uh is it is it difficult sometimes to be handling the dog when you don't have that like relationship with the dog prior has have you found that to be a struggle at all because different dogs like you said have different personalities mm -hmm. or or not so much not usually to be honest um and when I first started, I, I did mandate physical meet and greets just so I could, you know, get to know the dog. They could get to know me, remember my scent. But the more I started doing the weddings, I'm like, you know, if the dog was bad with strangers and the wedding does pose that 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 inherent, not to say risk, but that scenario, the dog is going to be around a lot of strangers. If your dog's not good with strangers, your dog's not going to be good with me, my sitters, or, you know, anybody that hasn't had, you know, repetitive introductions to them. In that respect, I don't recommend the dog be part of the wedding day. Um, yeah. And I would decline that job. But for the most part, I, I can't say we've had any issues as it, we've had a few. And I can absolutely you know, tell you some of my, my worst stories, but I would say 99% of the time, we really have no issues. Um, and a lot of times too, we're dealing with young dogs. We're dealing with puppies that are, let's say puppies, but um, on the younger side. So two, three, four-year-old dogs because they got their dog when the dog was like, six months or from a breeder, you know, at uh, eight weeks or a year old from the shelter was as a, a young pup. So they're still young and they're socialized and they're, they're used to, and also like think about the demographics of our couples that are, are having these weddings. They're in their twenties. They're um, socialites. They're uh, individuals that have 
dinner parties at their apartment, that they bring their dog to the dog part, that they, you know, these are couples, especially the ones that absolutely need to have the dog and they will spend every last penny on them. These are couples that um, do interact, they're extroverts. So kind of by nature, the, the couples and the dogs that we work with are good with strangers. Mm, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it, I guess it makes sense if they were to reach out and you were to ask some of those questions about, you know, the, when you got them, when the owner got them or some of the separation anxiety, things like that, you're starting to get a picture of the dog and maybe there would be some, some yellow flags. Okay. So let's jump, let's jump into that a little bit. What are some war stories? Like, have there been some times that you're just like, Oh my gosh, like we, we really dodged a bullet on that event because something could have gone wrong or just like, give me, cause I'm, I'm sure, I mean, there's so many different things, so many different dynamics here. I mean, to be honest, look, the worst of it, I've been sued. I had a sitter that got bit at one job. And unfortunately, it was a couple that did not disclose how bad their dog was at the the onset. And it was a couple that reached out and uh, absolutely loved my dog, you know, this, that, and the next thing. And there was no red flags based on the conversation. And it was a couple that the sales process in and of itself, too, they were kind of like back and forth. Like, you know, I absolutely want my dog there. I just need to think about it a little bit more. It's a bit of a cost for us. We want to make sure that the logistics are kind of nailed down first. So there, again, there wasn't anything that really posed red flags, but 20 minutes into the job, the sitter showed up and the dog bit her hand. Then she ended up having to go to the uh, to urgent care for cleanup and stitches that turned to cellulitis. She was in the hospital for seven days and rightfully so. While she was in the bathroom getting cleaned up, one of the bridesmaids disclosed that the dog did have bite history and did not, they did not disclose that to us. So there's... Wow. Um, I was named in the lawsuit, um, or rather the company was named in the lawsuit. So we were, I had to hire a lawyer to, uh, litigate that was not fun. Um, but it's one of those, I hate to say, you know, it's an unfortunate part of being in business, but thank God for insurance. Um, so there's, there's that horror story. (laughs) Yeah. That's a total, like that's, that is as intense as it could ever get. And that's, I was wondering like, is that a risk or a fear of yours? But it seems like you've, you've been through it. So, wow. I've been, you know, seven years in business. Um, so it happened once. And yeah. I hate to say it's, it's one of those things that it, it could happen. We try to take as many precautions as we can, especially with having conversations. We do ask for the dog's vaccination records. We've got a number of liabilities forms that we we ask the clients to to sign. Our contract alone is about five pages, and there are certain sections in it that we ask the clients to initial in just to limit as much as possible. But you know, I, I tell everybody too, and one of the things that we cover when we go through our um, our final coordination calls with our clients is we're going to cover everything. I want I want to know contingency plans. Like if we if your dog is going to be there for ceremony, you never fully know how a dog is going to react. Um, I mean, if, if you think about it from the dog standpoint for that day, it's like we're the, the day in and of itself, just if you picture it from the dog standpoint, when we get to the venue, new florals, new scents, new um, atmosphere, new grasses, depending on the season, there could be new pollens in play. And even if you brought your dog to the venue one or two times before, it's not the wedding day. Mom and dad look different. Mom and dad smell different. Mom and dad. And even if it's a heterosexual wedding or a homosexual wedding, it's the same thing or an LGBTQ wedding, same exact thing. They're, these are the, the way people look, the way people dress, the way people smell is different. Then add in all the guests, perfumes, colognes. 
it's like sensory overload for these dogs. And a lot of times, 90% of the time, I would absolutely say the dogs are a little bit like subdued. It's almost like, oh, there's a lot going on here. Like, let me take this all in. But there's always that one that, you know, they'll bark, they'll whine, they'll cry. And it's like, okay, do you want that around for your ceremony or do you not? And let's really be honest here. Like, this is a possibility that it could happen that your dog just is not going to react that great. So in those cases, let's talk contingency. Are we going to be like taking the dog away? Are we going to stay because your whiny dog is exactly what you want for your ceremony? So we got to think through that. We've had a couple of other instances we do have in our contract now that if the dog ends up uh, having any vicious propensities, we reserve our right to completely abandon the job. We will do everything that we possibly can to make the dog make sure the dog is safe. But my sitters, safety is first. Yeah. Same with your staff. Same with your guests. I do not want anybody bitten. I don't want anybody, um, you know, in any types of negative circumstances. And that's one of those contract terms that we make our clients sign too. To answer the the, the question, um, going back to, you know, the worst case, we had a few where we did have to bring the dog back to the hotel because they just did not, you know, kids ended up, you know, coming up and it's like the dog got way too nervous and started to lunch. And it's like, okay, that's a bad sign. Bye. Yeah. Um, uh, and even like the, the growling and the, the cowardice, it's like, as soon as that happens, it's like, I'm sorry. Like, do you, I've already been through one bite. I'm not going to go through it again. Totally. You know, hearing this and just thinking about it, you know, as we've talked today about all the different dynamics that are involved with bringing your pet to, you know, whether it's a ceremony, whether it's, I mean, I'm even thinking like pictures or there's so many different things, so many different places where an organization like yours can be can be inserted. Like you do want a professional. You want a professional who yeah. can be there to kind of run interference between those options. Because imagine the lunging, the barking, the growling, some of that stuff would happen anyway, whether you were there or not. So how much yeah. better that it be that there's a representative or a kind of a specific person who's focused on that. That makes a lot of sense. So if I could leave your audience with like one like big takeaway is, you know, I highly, it's a, it's a great way to, to have your dog in, in your wedding. And most of the time it goes perfect. It's very smoothly. It really does. And it's, I put my head down at the end of the night. I'm happy. Even with that bite, even with that case, the rest of the 700 other weddings that we have done, I am so happy that I can, you know, be a part of their lives. I got an email two weeks ago from a client whose dog passed. And five years ago is when we did her wedding. She emailed us and she said, I just wanted to let you know that Pino passed. And, but you made our day so special. You made that entire, you know, the memories and the pictures we have last a lifetime. Um, and that's why we're here. So my, I encourage venues. I encourage every person that's listening to this podcast to be pet friendly but make sure you've got your rules in place. Make sure you know what your staff and what your venue will tolerate and what you won't. And then make sure that you also um, either require or just make it known that you do want a professional that is going to be, be handling your dog for the day or that, that couple's dog for their day. Whether or not you partner with an organization or you put the onus on the couple, that's really up to, to the venue. Um, but having your rules and making sure that there is a professional in place will definitely, you know, do wonders for the business, especially as we see more, more, more and more of these couples with their pets at their weddings. That's so cool. Veronica, I feel like I've learned so much today. It's, it's a, definitely a cool topic. I know so many of our couples who are getting married at the properties, they, they bring their pets, they want to bring their pets. Um, yeah. So this is such a 
cool service. If people are listening to this right now and they want to know kind of the regions that you operate in or they maybe want more information about either hiring you or just want to connect with you, where is the best place to reach out? Absolutely the website or social media. Um, the re we cover um, most of the region between Maine down to Virginia all the way out to Pittsburgh. Okay. So a big portion of the east, the, the, the northeast central U.S., um, and I do know most of the other companies that operate in the U.S. Actually, during the pandemic, I started a little Facebook group to um, get to know some of the other companies that like are like mine because we we don't have we don't have a podcast yet. We don't have we're not even considered a a um, category on like the wedding wire and the knot. So a lot of times I feel like I'm flying blind. So just to know some of the other companies out there, and I do recommend them. You know, I get I get. I got an email uh, two days ago for a couple in Michigan and it's like, I'm sorry, I don't operate, but here's the end of the company. So That's happy good. to, to work with anyone, reach out, email, social media, website, um, info at profit for you um, gets right into our inbox. Um, and we do have a company number two. It's on, uh, if you just Google profit for you, feel free to call, call text. Um, I'm very big on, on education and, you know, making sure that other businesses are buttoned up. And if there's any questions, please, I love, I love talking about this. Amazing. So, however I can help. For any of our audio folks who are, who are just listening to this, you know, um, on, on audio, is there a good Instagram handle they can reach out to? I know you said it's pawfect for you, P-A-W-F-E-C-T. Yep. Is it four spelled yep. out or the number four? Uh, four spelled out. Four spelled out. Okay. Four and you spelled out as well. Awesome. And then the what's the Instagram handle? Plothic for you. At Plothic for you. Same thing. Okay, cool. Perfect. Well, Veronica, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. A really great topic. Cool topic to hear about. And I know the audience is going to enjoy it. So thanks for taking your time with us today. Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. I do appreciate it. Hey there, thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads, we're not really looking to do that, but we do wanna grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.